Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now, here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. Well, hey, good morning. How you doing this morning? You good? It's a good day, right? Uh, it's an awesome day. Like, it's, for a pastor, it has to be one of my favorite days in a long time. Because here's what sets up for today, okay? Uh, we're kicking off a new series. And I always like kicking off a new series. I always feel like uh, the first message usually in a series is... Uh, is, is special for me because it's usually kind of the origination of where we kind of got the idea and, and it's usually the one I'm most excited about. That doesn't mean I'm not excited about the other weeks. It's just that the first week is always usually something special for me. On top of that, we're baptizing, amen, right? Somebody say, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. We're going to baptize right after. Let me give you a little bit of instruction before we do that. What we're going to do is uh, when we finish in here, I'm going to pray, and then we're all going to go outside onto the sidewalk. Uh, If you have stuff in here, you can leave it in here. That's totally cool. If you want, you can take it with you. But if you have kids, you'll want to come back inside after the baptism to check them out like you normally would. We're going to wrap up about 10 minutes early, hopefully. Somebody? Right. Um, um, so so uh, that, that's kind of what we'll do. And, and check this out. If you came today and you're like, man, I think I would like to get baptized, but oh, I didn't bring any extra clothes. I didn't bring a towel. We got you covered. We got shorts and T-shirts and towels. So we got you covered. If, if God moves on you today and you're like, I want to get baptized, we've got you covered. We got, like I said, shorts, shirts, towels. You're, you're good. You change clothes and you'll, take, keep, you'll, get a, you'll get a free pair of shorts. Because we're not going to take those back. Um, but on top of that, uh, today at 4 o'clock is our ownership class. The thing that we do uh, usually the first Sunday of every month is ownership class. And I love ownership classes. It is literally one of the favorite things uh, that we do here at Vertical Church. If you don't know what ownership class is, uh, it's, a, it's an evening. Uh, right now it's at my house. Uh, I think the address is in the program, uh, that we talk about the vision of, of Vertical Church, the, the vision that God has given this house, this community. And, and if you've been here just a couple of weeks and you're like, well, I don't know if, if Vertical Church is the place for me, this is the perfect place to find out. Like, because we share exactly what it is we believe God has called us to do. If you've been here, you're like, you've been here so long, you've got a plaque on the seat in the theater. Like, we don't even own the theater, but you've got a plaque because that's where you sit every week for the last three years. Hey, if you haven't been to ownership class, you need to come to ownership class. Because there are things that we share in ownership class that we don't share anywhere else. We don't have that opportunity. And so we want to, we want to kind of lay out for you what we believe God is doing in our house, in our church, in our family. And so ownership class is where to be. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to sign up, I think we've got a couple spots open for today's class. Um, we have child care available, so we've got that taken care of for you. So, if, hey, 4 o'clock today, make sure you sign up so we know you're coming. Uh, but, but we've got a couple slots. I don't know how many available. Pastor Brown will tell you in the lobby. Anyway, all right, here we go. Samson, super excited uh, about Samson. Samson's such an interesting guy. Because um, most of us know a little bit about Samson, even if we didn't grow up in church. We've heard maybe at a vacation Bible school or uh, an Awanas group or something that we went to as a kid. We know a little bit about Samson. We know that he did some really cool things. We know that he was really strong. We know that he probably had a kicking beard like this guy. Um, because we're going to talk about why exactly, but... but I'm, I'm excited, not just because we're talking about Samson, because Samson, you can easily not get excited because he's not that great. Uh, he, 
He has all this potential inside of him, but he never really fully realizes what God wants to do in his life because of bad choices that he makes, because he can't keep his eyes off of women, because he's got a temper, and he's got all these issues. But the thing that is, the reason I'm excited is I think we're a lot like Samson. We've got all this potential inside of us. When we give our lives to Christ, Scripture says that the Spirit of God comes and lives inside of us. So we've got the potential of God. The Spirit who raised Christ from the grave lives inside of us. And yet I think many of us are not realizing the full potential of who we are in Christ because because we can't keep our eyes straight. Because, because we have a temper, because, because we self-destruct. That's kind of Samson's story. He self-destructs. So if you're a follower of Jesus, or if you're not a follower of Jesus, I am super excited for you. Because I believe during this series, there is the opportunity for us to kind of uh, hear some things, encounter God, and, and, and realize the greatness that he wants to do in our life. Like I said, Samson... Man, we know all kinds of things about it. We know that today, the story that we're going to look at today uh, is actually really cool. Uh, Samson ripped apart a lion with his bare hands. That's pretty cool, right? Like, that's, that's legit. Bare hands, lion just tore the thing apart. Scripture says he tore it apart. He One time, uh, he, he, he fought a thousand uh, soldiers, a thousand enemy soldiers with the jawbone of a donkey. Okay, he killed them with a donkey's jawbone. No sword, no spear, no shield. Just took a jawbone and waylaid a thousand people. One time, he got ticked off and he took the, the, the gates of the city. He, took, he lifted them up off their hinges and he carried them off because he's that strong. But, but even though his, his accomplishments are legendary, so are his weaknesses. Today, we're going to look at how Samson blew it and, and compromised what God wanted to do in his life for a handful of honey. He, he had a temper that oftentimes got him in trouble, and, and he had a lust problem where, where he liked, you know, Philistine women. So, so if, his, if his accomplishments are legendary, so are his weaknesses. If you're taking notes this morning, here's where we're starting. Uh, here's the first thing you want to write down. Samson was incredibly physically strong but dangerously spiritually weak. He was incredibly physically strong. The dude was ripped. The dude was buff. The dude could bench press a Cadillac, you know? Like, he was strong, but on the inside, internally, where you really want to be strong, he was dangerously weak. So what I want to do this morning as we kick off Samson is I want to share with you the secret to being strong. The, 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 the secret to being internally strong, where it counts, where it matters, being strong on the inside. And to do that, let's just kind of get a little context of, of Samson's life. His story is found in the book of Judges. Judges is in the Old Testament. Uh, if you start at the beginning, Genesis, Exodus, uh, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. Judges is kind of the story of the nation of Israel after they have come out of Egypt They're kind of this ragtag collection of tribes. And God periodically raises up what are called judges, hence the name of the book is Judges. 
He, he raises up these people to lead either a tribe or, or, or the nation and execute judgment, make decisions for the well-being of the people. And Samson is one of these guys. And it's this cycle through the book of Judges. Basically, it starts off the people are honoring God. Then they turn away from God and start worshiping a false God. Then because of that, God kind of turns away from them and, and uh, the, the, the enemy comes and takes over their land. And now they're like in slavery again and they cry out to God and God sends a judge. He sends a, a redeemer, a rescuer. And that's who Samson is. His story, like I said, judges, I think it's chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16. You want to read it? You can read ahead in the series. Those are the four chapters we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks. And so uh, Samson, his birth is announced by an angel. Like, how cool is that? His mom and dad didn't have any kids. Uh, she was barren, and, 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 and an angel came and told her. He's like, look, you're going to give birth to this guy, and he's going to be awesome. He's going to be strong, and he's going to rescue uh, rescue the people of God, and he's going to to to, to be to be this this incredible kind of kind of person. But kind of a kind of a uh, an, an if clause or a subordinate clause to this prophecy that the angel's giving Samson's mama. He says, "I need you and your and your family. You and your son are going to live by a Nazarite vow." And you might be like, "What's a Nazarite vow?" Okay. Basically, a Nazarite vow was laid out in Numbers uh, chapter 6. Let me make sure I've got that right. Yeah, Numbers chapter 6, where God says, all right, I want to give ordinary people, not priests, not prophets, just ordinary people who want to uh, kind, of, kind of dedicate their life to God for a season. I want to give you a way to do that. And so Nazarite vow come into, come into being. God does it for ordinary people, male, female, anybody can take on this vow. Basically, there are three things that you agree to do for, for this time period. Number one, you're not going to drink any wine. So that means no Coronas, no martinis, no margaritas. You know, you're not kicking back a bud with your buddies. None of that. No wine. No alcohol. It's so strict. You couldn't even eat like the skin of grapes. I mean, that's how uh, strict this vow was. So no, no alcohol. Number two, don't touch anything that's dead. Like just... Just don't touch anything that's dead. Dead animals, don't touch them. Dead people, don't touch them. Don't touch anything dead. Number three, don't cut your hair. And you're like, well, what's up with the hair? I don't know. That's just one of the things God said, don't cut your hair. It's like an outward sign of an inward reality, kind of like baptism is an outward sign of something that's taking place on the inside. And you might be wondering, well, what kind of haircut did Samson have? Like, what, how did he style it? I don't know. I don't know how he styled it. Long. <laughs> but I can guarantee you this. I can guarantee you this. He did not have a mullet. He did not have a mullet. Because mullets have been ungodly since the beginning of time. And if, you've had, if you have a mullet right now, there's grace for you. You can be forgiven and repent. And God's grace will cover you and your mullet. Seriously, some of y'all. Some of y'all need to. You're getting a little long in the back. I'm just, I'm just telling. Anyway, Samson did not have a mullet. He didn't have a mullet. But anyway, let's get back to the story. Samson has all this potential for greatness. He's supernaturally strong, but he's, he's, he's spiritually weak, kind of like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, if you will. He, he, it's kind of like he's got these two people, this person that's strong and then this person that's weak. Kind of like us. Maybe you go to work and you're aggressive at work. You're always going for the next 
you know, the, the, the next project, the next promotion. You're, you're, you're moving and shaking and networking. And then you step into your home with your kids and you're real passive. And it's like, well, I'm not really going to discipline my kids. I'm not going to, to teach them about Jesus. Let's just let them discover him on their own. And, and, and so it's like you're aggressive in one spot, but passive in another. It's, it's, it's like some, some of the fellows in the room, maybe you can identify with this. I'm not going to out you or anything. You, may, you love God and you love your wife, but you have this secret kind of uh, uh, struggle that you don't let anybody see on your computer and you delete your, your Internet history a lot. Hello? Saying you're strong, you love God, you love, but then you're weak. Some of us, some of us will spend three hours on Facebook, like like reading statuses and checking people's updates and commenting and liking photos. And yet, when it comes to opening our Bible and spending five minutes with God's Word, it's a struggle. You know what I'm saying? We have these parts in our lives where we're really strong at one thing, kind of on the outside, but on the inside. There's some weakness, and that's like Samson. So let's 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 look at, at Samson's story and kind of uncover some things that, that, that Samson did that we have to be aware of that we don't do, so that we can have a different life than Samson. To do that, I want to share with you three kind of attitudes or three statements that Samson makes um, that that can can speak to our lives, and then kind of what we should say instead. So here we go. Uh, the first one, if you're taking notes, is this. I want it. I want it. Check this out with me. Uh, Judges chapter 14, uh, verses 1 through 3. Samson went down to Timnah. Uh, side note, in Scripture sometimes uh, the direction people go is kind of a illustrative of what's happening maybe internally. Anytime somebody goes to Jerusalem or to the temple to worship, they go up to the temple. They go up to Jerusalem to encounter God. Samson goes down to Timnah. It's not a good thing to go down. It kind of gives us an idea of something that's happening in his own life. He goes down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine Woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Look what he says. Now get her for me as my wife. I want her. <laughs> he kind of says it with a growl, you know. He's kind of got that, that, that testosterone kicks in and he's like, listen, mom, listen, dad. I want her. Now why is this a big deal? A couple things. Timnah is a town that's about four miles away from Samson's hometown. Not really a big deal until you consider the fact that Timnah is right square smack in Philistine territory. Now at this time, Philistine is, Philistines are the arch enemy, the arch nemesis of Israel. In other words, Samson goes to the enemy territory finds a girl who is his enemy because she is a Philistine and he gets the hots for her and he wants to marry her. All right, that's already messed up. Like we wouldn't, if, if we were engaged in a war, we wouldn't go to that country and find a girl from there and be like, hey, you want to be my wife? No, we wouldn't do that. But this is even worse because God had already told the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 3, do not, God said, intermarry with people of that land. Because they will draw your heart away from me. For right now, I want you to marry another Israelite, another God worshiper, another, another God fearer. 
So Samson has gone to enemy territory and looked upon a woman he should never have seen in the first place because God has already said, this is not the one for you. And he says, I want her. Look, what, look, look keep on going. This is what it says, verse 3. His father and mother replied, isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among all our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? What are they saying? Samson, don't you remember what the law says? What Deuteronomy says? Samson, don't you know that, 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 that we're not supposed to intermarry with the Philistines? They're our enemies. And they're going to draw our hearts away from God. Samson, we don't think this is a good idea for you. This isn't the best for your life, Samson. But look what Samson says. Samson says to his dad, he says, get her for me. I want her. She's the right one for me. I want her. I don't care what you say, Dad. I don't care what you say, Mom. I don't care what's good for me. I don't care what the wise decision is. I don't care what God says. I don't care what the law says. I don't care what's the best for my life. I want her. I want it. I want it, I want it, I want it. Sounds like one of my kids, you know? We've got an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a two-year-old. I can't count the number of times I hear in my house, I want that! That's mine! That's what Samson... It was just really interesting. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, you got this big, strong, burly man who acts like a child. Hello? How many of us are just like Samson? Maybe for you it is a person. You're like, I want her. I want him. Quick thrill, you know, one night, that's great. But maybe for you, it's not like that. Maybe for you, it's, I want that promotion. I want that raise, and everything else in my life can take a backseat. I don't care if it's good for me. I don't care what. And people are trying to tell you, listen, bro, we don't think that that's really a good idea for you. Like, we don't think that, we, we don't like the way that, that your pursuit is affecting your family, and you're neglecting your kids, and you're neglecting your wife, or, or you're neglecting your husband. We don't think that's a good idea for you right now. You're not... You, you're, you're not being a good example at home. We don't think that's God's best for you. You're like, I don't care. I want it. I want it. Or maybe it's like a new car, new TV. Like you got a car that works fine. Like it drives you around, but you're like, man, I want that car. Well, why do you want that car? Because I, I, I need it. I want it. There's just something. I, I got to have it. And we see something that we want. And it's not that, it's not that ambition's wrong. It's not that wanting things is wrong. But, but when we want it and everything else takes a back seat, and that thing becomes the center of our world, that's when we start veering into self-destruction just like Samson did. Now check this out. Number two. Number two, if you're taking notes. I, number one, I want it. Number two, I can handle it. I can handle it. I, I got this. I, I, I can handle this. What happens in Samson's life, so he sees this girl from Timnah that's smoking hot Philistine that he wants, right? So he goes down, he grabs his mom and dad, and he's going to bring them back to Timnah. This is how the story goes. And as he's walking down to Timnah, that lion that I talked about a few minutes ago jumps out at him. And, and he, so cool, he grabs the lion and, and, and tears it apart with his bare hands. Now, some of y'all are acting like that's not a big deal. Have you ever seen a lion? If you've not seen a lion, you just need to go to the zoo, go to the lion exhibit, and imagine yourself without that glass between the two of you. What's it going to take for you to grab that lion and just tear it apart? That's pretty awesome. 
Like that's a that's a bad man that can do that. And 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 so he rips apart the, the lion with his bare hands. Now jump down with me to verse eight and look what happens. He's killed this lion. And some time passes. This is what verse 8 starts out. Some time later. We don't know how much time, but some time passes. When he went back to marry her, so now he's, he's apparently seen her. He's gone back home. Now he's going back to marry her. He turned aside to look at the lion's carcass. And in it, he saw a swarm of bees and some honey. He scooped out the honey with his hands and ate it as he went along. Now, just a couple things there. Number one, that's just nasty. <laughs> that's just gross. Like, ladies, can I get an amen from you? Sometimes dudes are just nasty. Amen? amen? Like, you know how... You, you've been around the dude that... You know, you know how guys check to see if their underwear is dirty? Just sniff it? It's nasty. And then if it's dirty, what do they do? They just turn it inside out and wear jeans. <laughs> Dudes are nasty sometimes. So this is just gross. This is just disgusting. I mean, I mean, he, this is a dead lion with some bees in it and a honeycomb. And he's just like, oh, hey. And he just walks and he's licking his fingers. It's like the honey's finger licking good. But, but not only is this just gross because of where the, the, the bees made their hive, what was it Samson was not supposed to touch? Dead things. How does he get the honey out of the hive? He's got to put his hand into a dead thing. Listen, some of the things you're messing around with, you think, oh, I can handle that. It's just a, it's just a dead lion. Like, like, it's not a big deal. Nobody's on the road with me. Nobody's looking. Nobody's watching. I can handle this. It's not going to affect me like it does other people. What you're playing around with, what you're messing around with is dead. It's a dead thing. And, and, and you see the honey in the dead thing and you want the honey because it tastes sweet but you're sticking your hand in a dead thing Amen. and so Samson listen check this out the same God that gave Samson the strength to rip apart that lion is the same God Samson betrays by getting the honey from the dead lion how's that work like God gave you the strength to kill it now you're going to betray that God a handful of honey. Like how stupid do you have to be to trade and, and to compromise the the, the, the the vow that you made to God for a for a handful of honey? Like your hand's gonna be all sticky. You can't get that off. How how how, how dumb do you have to be? But here's the thing, man, we do this all the time. We compromise what God wants to do in our lives for something that is not beneficial for us in the long run. We compromise and we, and, and we look around and we're like, nobody's watching, nobody's looking, nobody's paying attention. I can handle this. I got this. This isn't going to affect me. This isn't really a big deal. I can handle this. Number three. Third thing Samson says, I want this. I want it. I can handle it. Number three, I deserve it. I deserve it. Look what happens in verse 10. Now his father went down to see the woman. And there Samson held a feast as was customary for young men. Now the word feast in Hebrew is this word mishta. Everybody say mishta. Mishta. It's not really a hard word to say. Now that word literally means, if you break it down, it, it, it literally translates to an occasion for drinking. In other words, Samson goes down. It's his bachelor party night. He grabs some buddies and throws a kegger. 
Like, hey, come on, it's, a, it's an occasion for drinking. Let's live it up. I'm getting married soon. This is what we're supposed to do. This is what all young men do. Let's, let's, let's you know, turn down for what? What, you know? Let's just have a party. Let's get toasted drunk. Now, whatever your theology is on drinking, that's not what we're talking about. What was Samson's vow to God? I won't drink wine, God. What does he do? Throws a party. Gets toasted with his buddies. Why? I deserve it. I'm getting married soon. This is what all young men do before they get married. They throw a party with their buddies and they, and they, and they get lit. I deserve this. I deserve having a party. I deserve throwing a feast. I deserve getting my buddies together and celebrating. I'm getting married. I deserve it. I work so hard for the money that I get. I deserve to spend it however I want to, and God doesn't get a doesn't get a call in the matter. I deserve it. I put up with so much junk from Him. I deserve something special in my life. I deserve it. And God has given us all this potential to bring glory to His name. Yes, so many times we think, "Oh, I'm strong. I I, I want that. I want it." I can handle it. It's not going to affect me like it does other people. And you know what? Really, the truth is, I deserve it. I want a new car. I want a new TV. I'm strong. I'm financially fit. I've got all the money I need. I don't really need the TV, but I want it. I can handle the payments. I deserve it. I work really hard. And then on six months later, the TV's not doing it for you, and the bills are starting to come in, and you're under all this financial stress and debt and pressure, and you can't get out. What happened? I want it. I can handle it. I deserve it. Maybe at your office. Maybe at the gym. Look across the way. You see the girl on the treadmill, that dude pumping iron on the bench press. And you're like, man, I kind of want that. I want him. I want her. You know, I can, I can handle a look. I can handle just, I can handle a little flirtation. It's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to affect me like it does other people. I can handle it. You know what? I deserve it. When I go home, I don't get any appreciation. I get no love. I get fussed at and bossed around all the time. I deserve this. And then you get on the other side of it, man. Your marriage is crumbling. Your divorce is on the horizon. What happened? I want it. I can handle it. You know what? I deserve it. And what happens is, is, is at this point in Samson's life, check this out. His hair's still long. On the out, listen, this is really important. On the outside, he looks good. On the outside, you would look at Samson and say, oh, everything's great. His hair's still long. He's still honoring God. He's still got his strength. He can still pick up boulders and throw them across. You know, he can still take the gates off of the city. Everything's fine on the outside. But we know that on the inside, his heart has already drifted from God. His his internal weakness has already started a chain reaction that's going to leave him completely self-destructed. And we can be just like Samson. Come to church, got our shirts on, our hair fixed, everything looks good. We bring our kids in, we're all smiling. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm just so happy to be here at church today. I'm happy to be in my small group. I'm happy to go to my Bible study. I'm here to serve today, man. And, and we look so strong on the outside. And everybody thinks that, that, that we've got a great life and we're strong in the Lord and we're serving Him. But when we go internal, 
So many of us are locked in a struggle that we can't get out of. So we're like, Samson, we've got this strong side that we present to everybody else. But internally, we're dangerously spiritually weak. We appear strong, but on the inside, we're weak. If we fast forward Samson's life, here's what. Here's the end result of being outwardly strong and internally weak. Samson's eyes get gouged out. He gets bound up and, and, and made a laughing stock in front of the Philistines as they laugh at him and make jokes at him because all of his strength is gone, his hair is gone, and he is a joke. A commentator that I read said the best thing that Samson ever did for Israel was die. Here's the guy was born with the potential of God to rescue his people. And the best thing he does for them is die. What a wasted life. Listen, it doesn't have to be like that for you. It does not have to go that way. If you're a follower of Jesus, you, there, is, there is spiritual power available to you through the Holy Spirit of God. God's power, no matter what you're into right now, today can transform you can change you. You can be new. You can leave this place different. You can, you, you can, you can be the, the, the person that God has, has, has created you to be. You can, you can uh, be strong, not just outwardly strong, but internally strong. And here's how you do it. Here, here, here's the secret to being strong. You have to embrace your weakness. That doesn't make any sense, Pastor Josh. That makes no sense. You're telling me the way to be strong is to be weak? Absolutely. The only way you can be strong is to be weak. Because here's here's kind of the main idea of today. Here's here's what we learn from Samson's life. Satan, the enemy, specializes in taking strong people down. You want to be strong? Be strong. You want to be tough? Be tough. Satan specializes in taking strong people down. But God specializes in building weak people up. That's good. If if that doesn't make you want to say amen, there's something wrong with you. If you're a follower of Jesus, God specializes in taking the weak things of this world and building them up and making them strong. Scripture says that it's in our weakness that His strength is proven. Scripture says that we find life when we lay our life down, that we find fulfillment when we pick up a cross and experience the death of Jesus, that strength is found in weakness. Satan wants to shame you. Satan wants to to cause you to waste your God-given potential, to completely completely waste your life, but God wants to redeem you and restore you and lift you up out of that mess and use you for His glory. Satan specializes in taking strong people down. He's really good at it. God is even better at taking weak people and building them up. So instead of, I want it, I can handle it, I deserve it, here's what we should say. Number one, not I want it, I want God. I need God. I need His strength. I need His Word. I need Him directing my steps. I need His Spirit guiding me. I need Him to replace the selfish desires in my life with a desire for God. Because here's the reality. I want it, but I've gotten it, and it never satisfies you. You've done it too. 
you wanted it. You went after it. You sought it. You got it. And it didn't fulfill you, did it? It it never gives you what it promises you. It promises you everything and gives you nothing in return except heartache and devastation, depression, and disappointment. It will always fail you. So instead of I want it, let's let's say I want God, but you don't understand, Pastor Josh. I love it. I can't live without it. I understand that. But we give up things that we love for things that we love even more. Amen? It might be something good, but when it becomes God, it becomes bad. It never fulfills you. Not, I want it. It's I want God. Number two, it's not. It's not. I can handle it, but I can't handle anything without God. I can't handle jack squat without God. And maybe you're different than me, but here's the truth. I'm a pastor, and I I am amazed at my capability of doing ungodly things without the Spirit of God in my life. I am capable. I am weak. I am vulnerable. I am liable to to, to fall into temptation because I can't handle anything without God. Without God's strength, without God's spirit living inside of me, I can't handle anything. It's not that I deserve it. The reality is I deserve death. That's what I deserve. Scripture says the wages of sin is death. Wages, meaning the earnings, meaning what you deserve. The, the, what, what you deserve for the sin in your life is death. But the grace of God, the goodness of God has given us life. I deserve death. You deserve death. Scripture says that while we were yet sinners, separated from God, apart from God, that God sent His Son Jesus to forgive us, to give us life and life abundantly. We're not deserving of anything. But for the grace of God, He has given us everything. And some of us, man, you want to be strong so bad. You want people to think you got it together. You you want to be strong. And you think like strong is, 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 is awesome. But listen, strong is not where it's at. Being weak, weak enough to ask for help, weak enough to confess our sins, weak enough to admit our need. Because Satan loves to take strong people down. And the longer you try to be strong, the more you're a target for him and the more he's trying to take you down. Embrace your weakness. I want God. I can't handle anything without Him. And I deserve death. And when you, when that's kind of the, the, the motto of your life, man, God with, will, will, will stir you and strengthen you with His Spirit and make you strong. But you'll never be the person trying to be strong your own strength. You can only be that person that God has created you to be when you embrace your weakness. When you say, God, in my weakness, your scripture says, your strength is made perfect. So fill my weakness with your strength. We pray for you this morning. Father, we, we come to you asking you to make us strong in your spirit, by your power, for your glory. 
God, that, that we can serve you and honor you in every way in our life. Lord, this morning, would you just speak to us? Would you just stir our hearts right now to a, to a, a point of desperation for you where we realize our weakness, God, and we call on you and invite you and ask you to be our strength. Right now, as, you, as you've got your heads down and your eyes closed, listen to me. God is already... God, through the Holy Spirit, is already speaking to you. And He's already showing you what it is in your life. That, 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 that you're, the places you're weak, He's already highlighting them to you. And I just want to challenge you right now. Just admit it. Just tell Him. Say, God, I'm weak. And I really need you. Maybe it's a temptation that you're facing. And it's like you, you just can't overcome it. You keep falling into it time and time again. problem that you got is too big for you to handle and you don't know what to do. You're losing sleep at night because you can't figure it out. Would you just invite God right now, Lord, be my strength. Maybe you feel like maybe you feel like it's like a mountain that you can't move and climb over. And you have no way, no clue how to go about it. Would you just say, God, I need you. Matter of fact, right now, everybody with your eyes closed, your heads down, just kind of in a moment of, of humility. Would you just, if you just say, man, I really do. I need his strength. There's this area in my life. I need his presence. I need his power. I need God. If that's you, would you just lift your hand up and write back down? I want to pray specifically for you. Thank you. Hands all over the auditorium. I need, I, 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 there's this area in my life that's weak and I need God's strength to, 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 to be strong for me. Pray for you. Those who put your hands up, God, I just pray right now that whatever it is that's weak in their lives, Lord, if it's a temptation, God, we thank you that you always give us a way out of temptation. Would you open our ears and our eyes to see it before we go too far? Lord, would you be their strength? Lord, for those in the room who are facing a challenge, maybe it's a relational challenge or a work challenge or, or, or a school challenge, God, would you just be their strength? Would you be their wisdom? Maybe somebody here, is, they feel cornered. They feel like they've been, they've been trapped and they don't see a way out. God, I just pray that right now your presence would be so real to them in this moment. God, just be your strength. Listen to me. There are those of you in the room, you feel like, man, I've blown it. I've blown it. I've messed it all up. I've blown it. That is the, that is the first step step back to God, realizing that you've blown it, realizing that, that, that you've made a mess of things. Right now, maybe you're thinking, I, I can't even count the number of times I've blown it. Can I, can I make a confession to you? Neither can I. I've blown it more times than I care to admit or that I can even count. I've messed up and I've blown it. Here's why I hope you understand, man. We deserve death, but God in Jesus Christ has made life available to us. He did something for us that we could not do for ourselves. He sent His Son, Jesus, and Jesus took all of that, what we call sin, all of the ways that we've blown it. He died, He shed His blood for forgiveness. You're here today. You think you're here because somebody invited you. You think you're here because, because you saw a sign. No, no, no. You're here today.
because God has made a divine appointment for you. You're here because you need Him. You need Him. appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.